Writing your oncology case report is a huge undertaking, and it's easy to make silly mistakes that can derail your entire writing process. That's why you need my brand new masterclass, the three-step framework for a finished case report. In this free masterclass, you'll learn three of the biggest mistakes to avoid when writing your case report, the secrets to actually finishing your case report, no matter the patient case you've chosen, and my proven three-step framework for starting and finishing your very own oncology case report. Save your seat today at theoncopt.com slash framework. Again, that's theoncopt.com slash framework. As a newer OncoPT, one of my biggest fears was failure. I was so concerned with doing everything exactly right for every single patient so I could prove that I was the best oncology physical therapist I could be for them, that I was the OncoPT that could fix all of their problems. That's a lot of pressure to put on ourselves. We're not going to get everything right every time. It's just not possible. And this means that failure is an inevitable part of OncoPT. But that doesn't mean that it's always bad. In fact, it's a really important part of OncoPT. You just have to make sure that you're failing correctly. Welcome to the OncoPT podcast, where you'll learn from oncology experts, practitioners, and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent OncoPT. Here's your host, Elise Contu. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of the OncoPT podcast. Today, we're talking about something that might make some of us a little uncomfortable. And if that's the case, stick with me. It's going to be tempting to turn this off to not think about it because this is not something we usually like to think about. But here's the thing. It's critical that we lean into this particular topic, embrace it, and grow from it. Today, we're talking about failure. My name's Elise. I'm the host of the OncoPT podcast. I'm so excited you're here. So early in my career, to me, failure meant that I could catastrophically injure maim, or even kill my patients. Yes, it's a bit dramatic. Yes, it is frankly laughable now that we look back on this. Is it possible to harm patients? Absolutely. Are there bad PTs out there who do harm patients? Yes. However, the majority of physical therapists are good people. I believe that in my heart. I believe that in my soul. And these physical therapists, the good people out there, just want to do their best for their patients. So we're not going to talk about those bad PTs today. I'm talking about the good physical therapists, you included, yes, you the listener, you included, who are maybe nervous, newer, or just plain unsure when it comes to treating patients with cancer. In my interview with Dr. Susan Maltzer back in episode 176, she talked about this point, this whole idea of failing our patients. And here's the thing. As she so eloquently put, that I'm going to summarize here, our patients already have cancer. We cannot give them any more cancer than what they already have. Cancer is going to do what cancer is going to do. And unfortunately, it's, it's a piece of shit for that. So you, the physical therapist, are not going to do anything to your patient that is going to cause them to get any more cancer. Your interventions, your exercises are not going to be the thing that causes the person to have more cancer than what they already are. It's just not how it works. That's just not how cancer operates. So cross this worry off your list. Boom, check it off. Can't do that. 
Dr. Maltzer also discussed that in her entire career, which is quite prolific at this point, quite experienced, she has never seen rehab. She has never seen therapy be the cause of a pathological fracture for patients. And a lot of times, again, especially as newer physical therapists, we associate these adverse effects with we have failed. And in a lot of cases, again, cancer is going to do what cancer is going to do. I'm not saying that there are not things that we can actively work to prevent, but in a lot of cases, when patients have these medical complications, it's because the cancer and their treatment and their bodies are not gelling, okay? And there's a problem. So think of, you know, for example, pulmonary embolism, DVT, cellulitis. I mean, you know, any number of medical complications, even medical emergencies patients can experience. We, as the physical therapist, are not the cause of these. I'm sure there's exceptions, but for the most part, this is definitely the case. So as long as we are following safety guidelines, again, please refresh yourself. Episode 176, we talked all about this. As long as we're following these safety guidelines for our patients, we're good to go. Again, we are not going to be the thing that causes a person to have more cancer or worse cancer, okay? We have magic hands. We have powerful hands. We're not powerful enough to do that. But all the same, we can fear failing for a lot of reasons in OncoPT. But failing is actually a good and a necessary thing in OncoPT. And here's why. Two main reasons. Failure keeps us humble. You as a physical therapist me as a physical therapist, we are not infallible. We do not have this all-knowing sense of everything that is happening within that patient at all times and able to make the right, the quote, right, perfect decisions every time for our patients. We're human. We make mistakes. But that's not what defines us. And we'll talk a little bit more about kind of how this all plays into OncoPT here shortly. But I think when we make mistakes, we really have an opportunity to reflect on our own shortcomings, our own inabilities to sometimes see past ourselves, to really identify what's going on, to critically think about things. And again, failure keeps us humble. I think sometimes if we get too big of a head, um, that can actually harm our patients more than it can actually help them. So benefit number one of failure is that it keeps us humble. Benefit number two is perhaps one of the most important ones. Humility, yes, always a good thing, always a good characteristic, you know, to maybe have as a person. But what's really most important here is that failure provides us an opportunity to learn from our mistakes. We are not always going to get everything right. We shouldn't. And the reason I say this, because if we're playing too safe, we are likely not challenging our patients enough appropriately to result in the the gains, to result in the maybe improvements that we are desiring to see in our patients that they are desiring to see in themselves. We are not always going to get it right. You don't always get it right. You won't always get it right. So not just here and now as maybe a less experienced OncoPT, but even in the future, we are going to continue to make mistakes, but it's what, come next, what comes next that is really the most important of all. 
So to make you feel a little better, if you're feeling like, man, I know I've had some failure. Maybe you've even had some stories or some memories of failure that are popping up in your head. Pause for a minute, friend, because I'm going to tell you about some of my biggest failures that I've ever had and ultimately how they have impacted my OncoPT practice today. I have failed a lot as an OncoPT. One of my earliest and perhaps most memorable, maybe even funniest failure, now of course looking back on it, was when I treated a patient for rotator cuff dysfunction after her breast cancer treatment. So this patient had a mastectomy, she then had radiation therapy, and then somewhere down the road she came in for physical therapy because of her shoulder dysfunction. This patient was one of my kind of my patients that I took on as a student physical therapist. So it was one of my first solo treatments. Of course, my CI was very nearby, you know, I'm sure monitoring from afar. Um, And I had this whole plan that I had stayed up late the night before and I reviewed the next morning. So that way, when this patient came in, I would be super on. I mean, like I was going to be on my game. I had this whole plan. I'm sure you can see where this is going already. So I had this whole plan and I was executing it to a T in the session. And we get about halfway through our session. I've been doing different manual interventions on her. We're starting to get into some of the exercises, etc. And this patient then asked me, are you going to work on my other arm? Y'all, I was treating the completely wrong side of her body the entire session. I wasn't even treating the correct shoulder that had the dysfunction. No wonder she was improving so much. This was the um, non-impaired shoulder. (laughs) And it makes me chuckle now looking back on it. I'm sure my CI in the background was like, what the heck are you doing, Elise? I mean, honestly, I'm sure she was just rolling her eyes, but she was such a good CI and let me make my mistakes so that I can then learn from them. And my patient, again, thank you so much to my patient for maybe having the grace um, to recognize that I was making a, you know, a pretty big mistake and she didn't want to embarrass me. Maybe she didn't even, you know, think twice about it. I don't even remember my response. Honestly, I don't know if I would have said, you know, like, oh, oops, or if I would have made something up. Honestly, I don't even remember anymore. This hasn't been the last time that I've done this, but I've at least caught myself a little earlier in the process rather than, like this time, going through half of the session, half of the time I had with this patient working on the completely wrong side of the body. You live and you learn, right? lesson here was, please make sure and confirm that you're actually working on the body part that is impaired. You know, are you working on an arm? Are you working on a leg? Are you working on the right side, left side, etc.? And while this is a more lighthearted failure, I've definitely had some really big failures that did not necessarily have this happy ending of, oh, that was funny to look back on. In fact, probably one of my most memorable failures was when I was a freshly graduated and licensed physical therapist. I was working at my first big PT job. It was so exciting. It was my first month of practice, literally. I I remember this very, very clearly. It was a very sunny, glorious, albeit hot, September day. It was the last session of the day, and I had two patients coming in. Now, at this time, I had been working inside of my job, for about a month. And then I was starting to get pressure from my supervisor to double book 
my patients. This is something I'll talk about in a future episode, but it was very much this idea of, you know, if we don't get these patients in, they're not going to get seen, which again, this is some complete bullshit we will talk about in a future episode coming up. But I caved because I felt badly that I was the reason these patients weren't getting seen. And so I started being very particular about the patients that I was double booking. I was double booking the patients who I thought were appropriate. Again, big thought here. Now, oncology patients who look appropriate to double book on paper only look appropriate to double book. And here is why. This story, this failure of mine is the biggest justification I have and continue to have for why I do not double book patients. So more on that that particular failure um, as far as the logistics, the administrative side of things in a future episode. But the biggest failure is what came after this. This is what happened actually within the session. Again, setting the scene, last patient appointment of the day. Patient A comes in. Patient A had breast cancer, um, went through her treatment, was disease-free, had just gone through her revision surgery for her breast reconstruction, and man, things were going amazing. I mean, everything that could go right was going right. It was incredible. And so I had paired this patient with another one of my patients who had an advanced disease, but was still doing really good. He was tolerating treatment really well. Functionally, he was just having a couple minor issues. That was the reason why he was coming in for physical therapy. So again, they looked pretty good to double book together. However, as I'm sure you can tell where this is going, uh, that was not necessarily the case, especially this particular day. So patient A comes in, we get her started on her warm up. We're starting to implement the first few interventions. I mean, it's about 15 to 20 minutes into the appointment at this time, and patient B still isn't here. And this was very uncharacteristic for patient B. Patient B was always on time, if not early. Always very kind, not necessarily the most, um, I guess, like chipper individual, but always very pleasant, very kind, very on time. And so this, this, I was worried. I was concerned. And so finally, again, 15 to 20 minutes into the appointment time, patient B trudges into the clinic and he looked like he had the wind absolutely knocked out of him. As it turns out, so I I put my patient A on hold. I kind of get her set up with a couple things. I immediately go over to patient B. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Because he looked not okay. And unfortunately, this patient had just come from an appointment with his medical oncologist who broke the news to this patient that his treatment was no longer working. His cancer was no longer responding to treatment. This was the last uh, line of treatment that they could implement for his particular cancer. And his oncologist had said, you need to get your affairs in order. You have a few weeks to live. And this patient had come just from this appointment. I mean, he literally went, got this news, and then still showed up for his physical therapy appointment. I mean, I can't say for certain what I would do in this situation, but I'm pretty sure PT would be the last thing on my mind if I were a patient. So the fact that he showed up was such, I think, an indicator of how much he really needed that appointment. 
This is how I'm choosing to look at this. Um, so of course he was crushed. Of course he was devastated. He was married. He was very, he was very young in the grand scheme of things. He had young kids. I mean, his, his whole world had already been upended so much, but then to see literally a deadline put on his life. I mean, I, I just, I, I, I cannot even fathom that. And so this patient comes to physical therapy. And I don't know that I necessarily have a fix for that particular situation. I know what I would do now, now, which is don't even put myself in this situation in the first place where I double book. But what happened was for the rest of that session, I spent time running back and forth between my patients. We're in a small room, Of course, patient A heard everything and was so gracious enough to just keep doing her thing, even though she had probably been doing the same exercise for like 10 minutes at this point. I mean, it was like way over time. And so I felt badly because patient B clearly needed attention, time, even if it was just to listen to what, you know, what he was talking through and whatnot. And I was not there to give that to him because I was running back and forth between my patients. Again, no, no fault of patient A, no fault of patient B. It was really me that caused this major issue. And so again, I'm trying to run back and forth between my patients, trying to get patient A set up on a couple more exercises so that she can start doing them and then keep doing them for a while so I can go back and talk to patient B. It it was, it was bad. And not that long later, patient B got up and left and never came back. I never saw him again. I never talked to him again, ever. And he passed away a few weeks later. And this was something that, it was crushing. And I'm trying to have grace with myself as I reflect back on this. But I think it's important to share this story of failure because it doesn't always have a happy ending of, well, I'll learn more next time. Or, you know, there's not always a nice little uh, wrapped up bow on the end of a failure. But failure, again, provides us an opportunity to really learn from our mistakes, even when we're making some big mistakes out there. Hopefully they're small. Like I said, treating the wrong body part, not a big deal. Not usually a very big deal. But in this case, I wasn't there for my patient in the moment that he needed me the most. One of my favorite TV shows is Parks and Rec. And there's this beautiful quote from the character Ron Swanson who says, never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. And for me, the lesson that I really learned that day is that if I'm going to deliver the level of care that I feel in my soul I need to deliver for these patients, I cannot do so in a double booking scenario. And I learned that as, as as important as it is to, you know, exercise with patients and make sure that they're moving and make sure that we're, you know, uh, appropriately taxing their cardiovascular system, et cetera, there is a person behind all of this who has complex psychosocial needs beyond just the physiological. And those psychosocial components can sometimes be more of a, can sometimes have more profound of an effect on the physiological than I will ever 
recognize or really acknowledge. And if I'm not there for my patients for their psychosocial needs as much as I can and then connect them appropriately, I'm not going to see the physiological goals met for this patient. As a physical therapist, I think we're very concerned with physical, but there's a lot more needs for this patient population. And so for me, like I said, I learned that day that I cannot double book because I half I I am a full-blown half-asser when it comes to that. I need to whole ass a one patient one-on-one situation and I do so much better with that. I can show up and I can be there for my patients in the ugly cry moments. You know, maybe that's them ugly crying, maybe that's me ugly crying later. But regardless, that was a really valuable lesson that I learned that day that has stuck with me four years later and will probably continue to impact me for the rest of my career. It's it's one of those, I beat myself up so much for it in those early days, those early weeks, even those early months. But I've really come to realize that this was a really valuable lesson that this patient, even if they you know, they had every right to walk out the way that they did, but they taught me so, so much. And I hope that I'm showing up better for my patients today because of the lesson that I learned that day and the way that I catastrophically failed this patient. So all this to say, there is a very specific way that we need to be failing as PTs. Remember, failure is inevitable. You and I are going to fail. We're going to keep failing because we're people. We're human. That's part of what makes us human. But failure provides us an opportunity to learn from our mistakes. And here's what we really need to do here. The best way to fail is to fail forward. And what this means is when you fail, again, because it's not if, it's when you fail, don't make that same mistake again. When you fail, ask yourself the question, what's the lesson I'm supposed to learn from this? Again, from my first anecdote of the day when I was treating the wrong side of that wrong arm for my particular patient, it's that I need to double check exactly what I'm working on with this patient, including what are the impairments, what side of the body is impaired here. Seems pretty straightforward. I very much try to not make that mistake um, ever again. But perhaps the more impactful lesson, again, thinking to our scenario two, where I had double booked patient A, patient B, completely failed patient B, I learned for me that I cannot double book and deliver the care that I need to. And that's been a really powerful lesson for me. Um, And it was a really hard lesson because in my desire to be a people pleaser, I learned that I cannot deliver the care that those patients deserve, that our patients require for their very complex needs, not just physiological. Sometimes it really is that psychosocial component that we have an obligation to show up fully for as the PT. Can you tell I feel really passionately about this? (laughs) So when you fail, remember, ask yourself, what is the lesson I'm supposed to learn from this? And then taking it and running with it. Make sure you are taking that lesson, implementing it, And you may not always get it right the first time when you're trying to fix your mistake. Maybe you have to try again and try multiple times. So when you fail, make sure you get back up and try again. 
Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's with the next patient that you see later in the day. Whatever that is, make sure you get back up and try again. Perhaps one of the hardest things for me when it comes to failing is to owning up to it. That's something that I have really, really um, struggled with for a long time. I think I'm definitely one of those individuals that's afraid of failing and then afraid of the consequences. But again, failure is an opportunity to learn from our mistakes. I know that the best learning I've ever done, especially as an oncology physical therapist, is the lessons that I have gained from the mistakes I have made. So again, as much as a bad rep that uh, failure gets, it really is a very powerful teaching and learning tool. So if you, if and when, remember, it's not if, it's, it's when, when you fail, own up to it. Own up to your failure. Maybe that means an apology to somebody. Maybe that means an apology to your, your patient that like, hey, you know what? I really wasn't here for you at our last session and I would like the opportunity to do better this time. Hopefully they'll say yes. Um, I hope that you have that kind of a relationship, but maybe it's also, you know, with with colleagues or with someone else in in a situation in which you have failed. But really owning up to it, again, is a really profound opportunity to grow from our mistakes. And that's so, so critical. You are going to fail. Me too. Again, I fail frequently. It's inevitable. We're humans. But it's what we do after we fail that matters the most. Are you going to sit around and are you going to mope about it? Or are you going to change your approach and try again next time? Until next time, this is Elise with the Onco PT. And remember, you are exactly the physical therapist that your patients with cancer need. So let's get to work. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Onco PT podcast. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, leave a rating and review, or support us on Patreon. 